Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Episode 6, Transference is over, but we're just getting started here on Post the Recaps. My name is Grace. I'm here with my co-host, Dean Philly. Philly, how you doing? I'm much better now that I coughed that medallion up out of my throat mm. this morning. Grace was like a hairball. We finally got the coven together, and it was to transfer the key away from Rowan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. With, their, with their bone baby, the whole bit. Yep. Yes, uh, with uh, Deirdre's hair attached. Uh, Yeah, episode uh, six, Transference, uh, officially three quarters of the way through this show. Rich, I really want to love this show. I want to like it so bad, but I'm not liking, I did not like this episode. (laughs) Yeah, I was talking to you a little bit about it. I, I, this episode is one of these uh, episodes of TV that it's got all the components that I should be really interested. I felt like it's finally engaging with the stuff we've been talking about for the last month of like, but when are we going to get to the actual witchery? Like I want witchcraft. Where's like the witchiness. Uh, And we got there grace, but I did feel like the parts are not connecting in a way that's resonating with me. Uh, It's off. It's not, it's not working for me. Well, we kind of got it, but it is also like Rowan doesn't really want to be a witch. <laughs> nope. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. A little disappointing. Like I, I just had expectations for the show, which maybe it was completely wrong, but this idea of like, okay, there's Lasher. How is Rowan going to like fight off Lasher? And it's like, I don't know. This felt, I, I mean, I, I have to assume we, we are going to get like back to either Rowan has the key and has to like actually fight off Lasher or whatever. Although, as I said, like book number two is literally called Lasher. So I don't know. But um, this just felt like, uh, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. It's like, it's um, I want my main character to be like empowered and like really like, you know, actively making these choices that I don't know, you know, all due respect, I would probably do the exact same thing that Rowan did. Uh, mm-hmm. I would be like, yeah, no, thank you. Does anybody else want to be bound to Lasher? Cool. Here you go, Tessa. All yours. And at the same time, that's why I'm not the star of a TV show called Mayfair Witches. Because I want I want my main character to be like, I don't know, doing cooler stuff than what she did this episode, I guess. I totally get it. I mean, it's part of like the hero's journey, right? Uh, It's so much of like the kind of uh, through line in a lot of these stories that we tell, especially in genre projects where there's this rejection for the call to adventure. And so I'm okay with that. I can deal with like Rowan trying to shirk off this responsibility. I think by like Lasher now tethering on to what's her name, Tess, like this creates even perhaps more motivation to deal with the problem because Mm -hmm. now it's on somebody else and there's that 
kind of overreaction of protectiveness that people have. So I can track with all that. For me, it's just like a little too little too late, I guess. Like I wanted to engage in this part of the story earlier. And now that we're getting here in episode six, I'm looking at this coven of women in the room in the Mayfair house. And I'm like, who are half these people? What is going on? Like these characters I feel like are have come out of nowhere. I know we established there's a bigger family, but I just feel really unconnected to them and unaware of them. Like as much as we built up Carlotta and now she's kind of gone and I don't have a greater sense of the family, the motivations of these other people, the whole like relationship of like, we keep, I keep talking about it, Grace, but we keep opening these episodes of like Rowan's in bed with Cyprian. And I'm just like, wait a minute, when did this even happen? Like kind of what's going on here? Certain elements of the storytelling just feel really rushed and given part of our frustration with the show so far has been that five, six episodes along where like, but when are we going to get to the heart of the matter and, and the magic and dealing with Lasher and all of this stuff? I feel like for so much setup, we have set up the wrong things. Like now that we're at this kind of um, payoff, the climax of our story to a degree, the stuff that I'm most interested in, I don't feel like I have enough information about. And I feel like it's a little bit emotionally untethered and I'm not in the story with them because I mm -hmm. don't have those emotional investments built up with like a lot of the rest of our cast. Yeah, I agree. And then even this thing of we've been saying like, so the, the episode opens up with a flashback back to uh, 1681 and uh, Suzanne and her sister, they're visited by these three men who do like take Suzanne uh, and, and drag her out of the house. And this storyline actually like completely intertwines with the modern day storyline. Yeah. Uh, and looks like it's going to. And even then I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. But now it's like, it's okay. Cyprian's there. Okay. All right. Fine. Whatever. Okay. Sure. Because I mean, to clock the 1600 stories, basically, she wasn't a witch until they tried to burn her and then they turned her into a witch. Is this yeah. like, be careful because you'll like create yeah. your own monsters kind of parable? I mean, sure. I guess. Uh, yeah. And, and then there's <laughs> this cool thing, this episode about like this, the, the men's rights activists, like these, like the people who are like in oh, modern God. day time, like burning down oh, witches. God. And I, I just, it just feels so corny and, and cheesy in a way that like you you have this like way to talk about um patriarchy and and men in the form of lasher so i don't also need the like, and, and and um and uh courtland so i don't need the like yeah but here's actually the men's rights activist group like coming to like attack all the witches so you know whatever we'll get into it let's uh, let's dive into it yeah yeah no go ahead uh, my last thought here is like I think that this show shares so much DNA with something like True Blood, right? And True Blood, obviously, like an HBO property, though I don't think anybody would necessarily refer to it as prestige TV. The first few seasons, I think the first seasons were actually pretty good. So I, do I haven't too. gone back to rewatch it, but I know. do too. I really enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. But what I want to say here is that I think it is campy in a way where it owns its campiness. It yes. knows what it is. And even in those first seasons that are a little bit uh, tighter written and kind of better regarded right mm -hmm. i think you end up with a lot of like extraordinary performances across the cast right uh some of the actors were like real breakouts you know but uh it owns its tone in that way it knows that it's kind of ridiculous and over the top and campy right and yeah. i think that it's able to exist in that space with a little bit more confidence than mayfair mayfair is coming in like it wants to be super serious and kind of highbrow and pretentious but then we have the men's rights activists that feel like a scene that walked out of true blood 
right? And it's very much like whiplash um, in terms of the tonality, for me at least, from mm -hmm. like the hyper-serious, super-weighted kind of Talamasca Cyprian stories to like, oh yeah, these yahoos meeting in the park, uh, drinking Labatt's Blue, like getting ready to go do angry internet YouTube stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's let's recap. We have the Scotland scene. Suzanne gets gets dragged out of the house by the the witch hunter, the king's witch hunter. Back in the current time, we have the morgue attendant who was in a previous episode uh, uh, told Cyprian about uh, the Mayfair witches and this group. Um, he has Deidre's full human heart in his fridge. <laughs> seems illegal. Mm -hmm. It seems extraordinarily illegal. Uh, yeah, and also, does he have it in a little mini fridge? Why does he have a real fridge? He What's going on? A mini he doesn't look like his. I mean, he has a full time job. Seemingly, has a more. Although maybe he got fired because he stole one of the hearts. True, um, he might have just but, quit. He walked out there. Uh, it looks like a very big heart. You take for granted how big the human heart is. It's a big jar, Grace. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe one of the things, like if I'm going to critique the men's rights activist thing, is that like, you know. Obviously, we're going to get like this other guy who's like on TV. He's like watching the guy on TV right later. But it, it does feel like it's like, yeah, the single guy in his in his messy room in his little bed. He like has a one bedroom that like has a little fridge. And it's like, oh, yeah, basement apartment. We're like playing on some really ugly tropes and stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it could just be better than that. And it feels yeah, just super like definitely could. But ah, yeah, you might as yeah. well have been playing Fortnite, Grace. That's I mean, right. It's a real caricature of, uh, yeah, a yeah. basement dweller. Um, okay, so Rowan is sleeping and Lasher's gonna visit her. Um, she's gonna be tell tell him to leave uh, uh her alone, but he's gonna say, like, you know, no, I'm part of you. Uh, I'm always with you, I can't leave you. Um, and this is where she's gonna start using she's gonna start doing some magic, she's gonna create some fire in her hand. And Cyprian's gonna like be like, What are you what are you doing? The kid, you making a fire? <laughs> she's like, No, we're no, I'm fine, I'm good. Uh, you know, it's like is Lasher here with you? She's like, No, no, he's not with me. Yeah, but she's wearing the necklace. He's gonna he's gonna realize she's lying. Uh Cyprian Grieve, good at reading items, bad at reading people. Like it mm -hmm. seems pretty obvious that, that somebody is in the room right here, that she's like totally freaking out and this is not a good situation. And again, Grace, I know I keep like beating this horse, but it just was really jarring for me. The whole like, oh wait, she's waking up in bed with him. But yeah. last time it was a dream, and like the time before that it was like a vision, and like this time it's real. What is happening? What is going on with this relationship? I just feel like um there's not been enough like work done here. Like I like the chemistry between to them i liked some of the energy we got between them so far but i di i did not see this at all it just feels jarring to me and it's part of like what throws me off i do like the rowan discovering magic the whole kind of like lasher being like touch the fire it feels good mm -hmm. uh, um but it also does not line up with like the other kind of discussions of magic that we're getting throughout the rest of this of like what's your power this is my power i can only do this one thing like can she do more because of lasher, lasher. that's the implication yeah. is it supposed to be as confusing as it is am i supposed to not be sure what any of these witches can do or what like the, this power encompasses i don't know it feels like both very specific but also like just generic enough that they can do whatever they want whatever they need to mm -hmm. and that's part of what's like failing for me like i'm really yeah. into the magic of it all grace and i want to understand a little bit if it were an open-ended kind of harry potter there's a lot of spells that do different things system i would dig it oh but you're this, a witch here's your book learn all right. your witch books you know right yeah. but they're mm -hmm. more seem like marvel superheroes where they're like oh this is your ability and this is your ability and this is my ability and and never the twix shall meet you know 
Yeah. Um, so Cyprian's going to realize it's the necklace. He's put all these like protections on the house. Uh, Telemasca has like protected the house, but um, clearly he's able to get through. So it's the necklace. So I, this is probably for me the worst acted scene of the series. I feel I feel very bad. Uh, you know, I, I try not to be super critical. We're being pretty critical here. But the scene where she's like, I think you called it. Uh, uh, it's her the Bilbo Baggins scene, Bilbo right? Yeah, it's the Frodo yeah. scene. It's mine yeah. and my own, my precious. Yeah. Uh, and then she'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And like, yeah, actually, you can have it and you can go. And this is the other piece that like they are like closer. Like, they, yeah, they've gotten really close together. But also like every time like it seems like maybe things are dangerous. He's like, so I got to I got to go to work. Right. I got to go. I got to leave. I'm out of here. Yeah. He's like, you be safe. It's like, wouldn't she be sick? Couldn't she just why can't she come with you? Like, why can't she? You know, whatever. He takes the necklace. He's going to go to Telemasca. Do some investigating. This is yeah. disastrous, Grace. Yeah, on both levels. So, uh, 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 Alexandra Daddario here. This is an actress that has been in a lot of projects where she's the really quite good. Yeah. yeah, she can really like carry a scene, right? And and I think that there are times, even here in Mayfair, where she is the standout to me, and I'm like, okay, she's like doing a great job with this. But then you had a scene like this that I am just like, gosh, I don't know, direction, you know, rough day, like something here, because I'm very much with you in that this like took me out a little bit the frantic bilbo bag and screaming it did not let resonate for me as authentic and then cyprian being like the one person that i'm like most interested in who seems to be a professional at dealing with the supernatural stuff is like well clearly there's like a borderline possessioning happening with some kind of like outer entity that is undefinable to us and a major problem i'm gonna leave you just hang out here i mean uh, yeah. i'll talk to you later have a good afternoon sweetie you know i mean like, he has the I, necklace, but like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, Grace. Yeah, there's a lot of like, um, just just uh, kind of irrational decision making that makes it hard to like sustain the plausibility as we're going. You know, I did. I, I you know, in terms of like, it's it, it's not trying to be. You know, it's not owning. It's like campiness. Like, there's a, a way in which like this scene where she sort of is freaking out. Like, it feels like the script is like Rowan doesn't want to give up the necklace, and it's like played. <laughs> Played at like an 11 instead of it being like, can't you subtly have like Lasher looking over Cyprian's shoulder as she's like hesitant to give up the necklace and she get you know, she ultimately does, you know, it's just like it, it you know, it's you could just, do a little bit of like the grief stages of like the bargaining yeah. bit, right? The like yeah. desperation. There's a lot of different ways to approach that. And like, yeah, I think you nailed it. That's a good way to put it. That like the, she went to 11 there on the meter and maybe yeah. a six might have been more effective. Sometimes yeah. less is more, folks. Yeah. So Tessa is going to show up her cousin um, and she's going to show that her. OK, this one, this one. I I was so mad at this scene. Shows her a photo of her mom's heart that this mm -hmm. man has been DMing her. And she's like, I don't know, seen a lot of hearts. And it's just like, that's your mom's heart. Somebody's sending you the picture of your mom's heart and you're not freaking out at all. Rowan's just like. I'm a doctor, so I've seen lots of hearts. It's like, yeah, but not your mom's heart in a jar that is like being sent to your cousin. Like, why are you not having a more like the previous scene? You had the reaction of of like being at eleven. You need to have that reaction now when somebody is telling you like they're like hunting your family. Uh, it, it just like it didn't make any any sense to me. It's not a person, Grace. It's just an organ. 
There's no reason to get worked up about it. No reason to get worked up about spilled organs, Grace. Uh, I'm with you. I was very much like, really? We're just unfazed by the potential, like, uh, vivisecting stalker here? You know what I mean? Like, also the fact that, like, she is DMing with this guy. He's got the heart in a jar. He's sharing it on social media. Like, perhaps the, like, the, the taking of the heart might be the least alarming part to Rowan. But the fact that he's, like, oh, all, all, like, radicalized and, like, posting about all all this stuff in like a hate group on Twitter. This is not concerning at all. Like you seemed really upset about this reunion with your mother and her then death. There's like no impact, no lingering trauma for you to unpack here. Uh, I'm with you, Grace. I guess for me, the other half of it is that it felt so telegraphed for uh, Tessa here. Is it Tessa or is it Tessa? Tessa. Does it matter? Tessa. Tessa, yeah. Of like her being like, I have no powers. All I could do is glamour men. And like it sourced them for a few minutes, which like was a little bit of like a sad notion but it's also very much like oh you're doomed like you are super doomed by the end of this like bad things are going to happen because of like your appetite for lasher here right and the annoying thing is is that i actually think there's like so much you could do with tessa her ability being that she can glamour and how like annoying that is that like it just plays into like Major and like yeah the I, this like uh the way that like women are stereotyped that they just like use their like looks and and whatever to like get away with whatever they want that they're actually like these little villainesses that's really interesting and it's only brought up here for her to be like i'm not as powerful as you and then later she will be incredibly powerful so yeah you know. you, i mean you're 100 spot on the only reason she's articulating this idea i mean it's going to set up later when we deal with like the heart mortuist or whatever but it, it really is to like convey this uh envy right that she has this desire for more power when in fact it would be a really interesting storyline to explore the notion that this super powerful woman this witch with magical abilities the only way to achieve her power is through men and like that's really shitty and it plays to all of like the tropes of the patriarchy and breaking loose of that in a way that could be a really compelling story beat but they're like nah let's like use it for its like simplest uh like lifting potential to mm -hmm. manipulate the creepy stalker guy and and position her in a like point of jeopardy right it's going to be really bad for her by the end of the episode yeah. Yeah. So Rowan's going to visit Cortland. Uh, he's going to, she's going to offer to uh, let him buy the house for a dollar, which he's like, no, I will not do that. would be a bad business move. Uh, so, you know, interesting that he's not just willing to buy the house outright, I think. Um, and she's, you know, spooked by Lasher and he's going to be like, you know, you have to like take control. Like you have to, you know, use Lasher to your advantage. Um, and he's like, no, I can't really do anything to help you, you know, remove lasher from you and she will sense that he has als his handshake as he hands the tea and um she offers to help with the medical treatment and so he says okay like okay i actually can transfer lasher to someone else uh, i just don't know how to do it but if we ask uh, uh his cousin um to get back but he would also like her to do a walkthrough with josephine at the mayfair medical wing um What'd you make of this? Uh, you know, there's some interesting stuff here, but this is probably the highlight of the episode for me, right? I think that um, so much along the way we've been talking about Cortland as this interesting character. Uh, so all of these uh, tones and and kind of vibes, they're tools that a storyteller has to help tell their story. And I think that the ambiguity around Cortland is really good ambiguity, right? We're not certain of his motivations. We're not certain entirely. Like, is he? Um, 
on her side? Is he like an ally to Rowan? Is he an antagonist? And I think it's being played really well, like keeping him in this nebulous space where he's a little bit nefarious and a little bit compassionate, right? He mm -hmm. seems to be like one of the most um, reactive people to actually like caring about Rowan and listening to her in a certain way. But he's also like clearly like hiding all of these motivations and, and his agendas. And that's great. I think it's a really effective tool. And I really like the way that she is manipulating him here. And this like, again, something we've talked about a lot, but this kind of marriage of the modern revelations that she's having about her new role as a witch, her role in this family and her background as a doctor and the way that these two things meet. I really like this scene. Uh, it's the ambiguity that is there as just like a, a uh, device to allow them to do whatever they need to like solve the mechanical issue in the story that is problematic right when the magic is ambiguous with your witches that's not ideal when you have an ambiguous character like Cortland, that can be interesting and and it is for me now like i i really enjoyed this particular uh back and forth that we get i think i said this i think there's too much like a lot of people are really ambiguous in terms yeah. of their like motivation and it's too many people who we Agreed. all know right like, like like, I think we finally got like what was happening with Carlotta, but really, so we had one point we had like Carlotta, Lasher and Cortland, all those people that like, I don't really know what they do and I don't know how powerful they are and I don't know what their powers do. Yep. Um, so I think that was too much, but I would agree that Cortland is probably working for me the best. Um, you need constants in your experiments. Uh, who's mm -hmm. constants? But you need, uh, there can only mm -hmm. be like one variable if you're going to really solve for it, right? When everything is undefinable, like you have no basis to solve the equation. Yes. So Cyprian is going to connect with the necklace and it takes him back to 1681 to the moment where Suzanne is pleading her case against the villagers. And then this, uh, this man is going to lock her in the cage. The key is the necklace and he's going to, uh, they're sentencing her to drown in the river. I always said this, like, uh, the, the absolute hypocrisy of like telling if somebody is a witch, uh, which like Monty Python, the Holy Grail does the best job of like, uh, I think pointing out the satire. And this is just like, if they if we burn them and they and they escape, then they're a witch. If we burn them and they die, well, they weren't a witch, but they're dead. <laughs> drowned, like, <laughs> there's no good outcome to being accused of, of a witch. If you're no. drowned in the river in a cage and you die, it means you weren't a witch, so you're innocent, but you are dead. So it's yeah. very rudimentary problem solving, Grace. You know, mm -hmm. it really is. I will say the witch hunter, uh, quite a dapper outfit. I really like yeah. his hat, you know. Yeah, he's fancy. Guy, yeah, he's he's looking kind of sharp, you know. Yeah, so um, this is where she'll start to use a spell in the final two. I agree. It's like I kind of wanted her to either be a witch, but I guess this is supposed to be the origin story, so whatever. But the idea that it's like, yeah, it's a little weak to me that, like, it was only when she's being accused of a witch that then she can like suddenly use her witch powers. But what I feel like I there was a better parable, right? Like we create yeah. our own monsters when we vilify people or whatever. I just thought that it was like, uh, it was achieved in a kind of clumsy way. Right. There's this like ambiguity here again, that it's like, it's yeah. not clear. What did she have this power? Is she bullshitting them? Like, was yeah. she a witch who was in fact working as a healer and trying to help all these people and is obfuscating that? Are they in fact right, but they're wrong about like her intentions and, the devilry and all this stuff or is it like the other way and i'm still not entirely sure but it was a little clumsy uh, as we went through it either way
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're getting into some time travel stuff because he's going to like pass out. And like the healer who uh, was in last episode is going to be like, you have to find your own way out of this memory. Sorry. And then he's going to kill the witch finder. He takes the key and he gives it to Suzanne to free herself. Therefore, does like, does like Cyprian create the the Mayfair? <laughs> Did he like create the Mayfair witches? Did he just do this? Like he did he didn't go he like give Wait, I'm confused. Key. Was that Cyprian or I thought it was Lasher who's like emerged from the fire that chokes oh, out the witch hunter and gives her the sorry. key? Sorry. Right? right. It is right. Lasher. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh that's see, right. it's so confusing. It's so sorry. ambiguous. We don't even really know what's going sorry. on, Grace. No, that's um, me. That's me. I read my No, I read no, my it's fine. Wrong. I I was yeah. a little bit confused about it as well. I think that the deal here is as they perform the ritual in the Mayfair house and Rowan pukes up the medallion, all of a sudden like Cyprian loses the medallion, right? Yeah. It, like vanishes out of that room. So now he's no longer got it to walk himself yeah, out yeah, so right. these two separate things are happening right we're yeah, like yeah, lasher yeah, yeah. back in the day is freeing susanna but also trapping cyprian in the stream right um okay so Cortland does have a way to help uh they just need deirdre's blessing which luckily she got uh he got some of her 
hair. Um, this was very interesting to me. Again, the Cortland stuff is he we learned last episode that he did not have a good relationship with his father. His father didn't trust him. Mm -hmm. And yet apparently like it's in his father's diary in terms of like how to transfer um, um the like who's the designee so that that was kind of interesting um and this yeah. whole tie of like why lasher is so relevant the idea that his father like was the designee at one point that it got shifted to a yeah. man this seems like notable yeah. and important yeah. though yeah. i'm not sure how right like the show didn't communicate agreed that. it didn't really like emphasize the distinction there but like knowing what we know it feels like it should be more important than it was presented as right it's one of these yeah. kind of reads that i have yeah um, so Rowan and Josephine walk through. Josephine's going to offer uh, uh, Rowan a job as the head of uh, neurology at the at the uh, at the hospital, and then she gets a vision or premonition. Um, this is I, it seemed like just to be like, okay, now this is Josephine's power. Um, the one thing I think that's like not that I wish maybe was a little bit like cleaner is like it's kind of been like. You know, in the hero's journey, so like, again, I'll try to use a different example than here. I'm trying to think of a different uh, example. But like this idea that like you don't know that magic exists and then you like it opens up the world and there's all this explanation for why like you never knew magic existed. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I'll give a D&D &D example. There's a show called Dimension 20 where they, it's called Unsleeping City, one of their seasons set in New York where there's like this veil of magic that like if you are not a magic user, when somebody uses magic – you see like your brain, like the uns the veil just essentially creates the logic for what's actually Yeah, you happening. justify it. This you is justify uh, it. in yeah. a lot of the contemporary games I play the same kind of thing. I love it. Yeah. Right. So, but for me, it does feel like we've never it, it feels like Rowan enters this like, oh my gosh, I'm a witch and changes the world. And then it's just like everybody's just like talking about magic. Like it's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> so many people are just like, Yeah, it's been ma it is magic. You know, Tessa's like, Yeah, it's magic, you know, we, we all know we all know it, right? Like nobody is like, nobody's like guiding her into it and like yeah josephine's just like walking down the hall and just like stops and has like a vision and premonition what are other people looking around Does this happened to josephine often where people have to be like that's josephine she went into a small trance at work again you know like she went into a small trance at work somebody put on a new pot of coffee josephine yeah. sleepwalking again sleepwalking you know nobody's like uh questioning everyone's just it's just too like I don't know. There's like, I'm I with you, Grace. Yeah. Like for me, I think that like what you're talking about, if I could articulate it, it's this issue that like the magic is so like pervasive and commonplace amongst this family, but yeah. simultaneously this, this woman who has just had a brand new revelation uh -huh. Uh -huh. that she is in fact, potentially the most powerful of all of them and tethered to like this outer, like nefarious entity is receiving no instruction whatsoever from anybody. There's like none of yeah. the like standard stuff of like let us give you the basics here's a 101 they're not even trying to teach her alohomora grace like yeah, i just can't it, it can't yeah. be both ways it's either like there is this intuitive awareness and we're all like very unsure of what this is or um like yeah there is this big culture around it and this family seems dominated by this culture of being witches but they don't seem to at all be like sharing that with us on screen right, right? they just talk about it and they don't like necessarily do it and i don't know yeah it's it's part of what is not connecting for me and feels like jarring about the approach to this story for sure yeah because it would i feel like it would so dramatically change your life in a way that like would affect yeah you move through the world and they all just seem like 
Yeah, so ma- yeah, no, magic's definitely real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to yeah. invoke the name of my dear friend Taylor Ball here, my uh, co-host for the Willow Podcast, who joined us on PSRPGs. Crazy, but yeah. uh, like she and I will talk about this all the time. That like this whole hero's journey. There's the call to adventure, then there's the refusal of the call, right? right? And there is this notion that like if somebody came to us in our real life in the real world and we're like, hey, you have magic, man, I would be Hermione Granger tomorrow. <laughs> crazy. I would be uh-huh. like doing so much homework and study. How do you not like throw your yourself into this all in and just be like i am going to master this this is so cool dude i could do what for i could good, fly even for just like the good like what do you yeah if you're like the most like you know good-hearted person it's like okay yeah what can we do like she's a healer right just like this should make me really good at my job you know whatever yeah i know, you know. we're like talking in circles but to actually like boil it down to the simplest base here uh human beings have motivations they have desires we all yeah. want things as yeah. people and yeah. so so your well-realized characters need to have like drive and motivation and it feels a little bit like rowan wants nothing but to like be at not on this television show yeah yeah she's also not like that, rushing back to san francisco you know? right like, and like yeah. that can be really a compelling part of the story but six episodes in when your lead is still like rejecting the oh, entire premise yeah. it gets a little bit exhausting right yeah you know it was uh it was actually in the um uh, in the scene where her mom's heart is, uh, it, she gets shown the picture. Um, there's uh, Brenly Mulligan again. I mentioned this guy from Dimension Twenty. Um, I heard him talk about. Um, there's only really one emotion that doesn't work in improv. Um, uh, it's it's like apathy. Uh, yes, right. it's like the lack of interest in something will never work in like mm-hmm. an improv scene um, because it just leads you know like being bored. It's just like there's nowhere to go with being bored. You're disinterested. So you're not going to engage. You don't want to engage with the thing. And not that I think that Rowan is completely apathetic, but there are definitely moments where she's like apathetic to this whole thing that she's just like, I just want to be done with it, but not in a way that feels like, you know, but then we also get this moment where she's like playing with the fire. So she's like, she, she is and she isn't. And it's just like, it's the balance is not working for me to like, tell me that like she, is intrigued by it, but also doesn't is worried about what it means to be part of it. Um, mm-hmm. It just feels more like apathy than anything else. And it just doesn't, it's not working. That's really insightful. Brendan Lee Mulligan, a very smart guy, but yeah, DM tips from, uh, from Philly over here. Like the best thing you can do as a dungeon master is to be engaged, to be excited right. and, mm-hmm. and to be like interested in the choices your players are making. That's it. And the best thing you could do is like a player is the same to be interested in the story that the DM is laying out for you. Like, right. uh, like again, apathy is it's, it just kills momentum entirely. Mm-hmm. I'm a million percent with you. It's yeah. very insightful commentary yeah okay so they're gonna just this uh this cousin is can do the ceremony uh but they they need sort of deirdre's uh, permission so they're going to the transference uh ceremony um and they're gonna they're gonna transfer the power to a female next of kin um but I, okay another part that i thought was interesting where they're like just so you know this comes with potential risk that maybe some of the ways in which you are a good doctor are actually because you have witch power and you might lose them. And she's like, absolutely not true. 
I went to medical school. That's why I'm a good doctor, not because I have witch power. And she's like, listen, I'm just telling you the risks before we do the we do the operation. You know, I'm just telling you it might happen. You might lose things that you had and you took for granted before. I actually thought that was very interesting. Rich. I did, too. But I'm going to just like double back on what you just said. I just felt like her reaction was so flat here. Right. Yes. Like it's she's clearly communicating um, contempt for this idea, disdain at the notion that all of her years of practice, all of the hard work all of the accomplishments she's had she passed though like she is board certified that these things will be invalidated if she changes this element that exists about her that she didn't even know existed uh, as of 10 days ago right so like i uh, that's all communicated but it's it's just communicated by the words not anything right. that like she's doing or any of the reaction there i just needed like more kind of power in that reaction or more discussion about it like the idea tracks for me but it doesn't track because of anything that was necessarily delivered within the context of the show Mayfair Witches. It tracks because of like my deeper investment and understanding in like magic and real contemporary settings, you know, mm -hmm. which I've spent like a lot of time immersed in in different stories that exist in that space. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it's an interesting idea, I think for sure, that these natural instincts that you have are in fact like could be related to like this external power that you're drawing on or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So they uh, separately, the morgue attendant joins this like the meeting of the guy who he saw on TV and he brings Deirdre's heart with them. And they're like pretty stoked that they have the heart of a witch with them. Um, yeah, this one got me too, Grace, where they're out like the public park having a party. And this guy who seems like some pseudo politician, talking yeah. head, pundit yeah. person is like, look at this illegally harvested human <laughs> organ that uh -huh. I am holding up above my head. Mm -hmm. Like. I get it. I get like the hyperbole that we're showing, but there was the part of me where I'm like, my God, dude, this is very brazen, you know? Yeah. So back at the mansion, the ceremony starts, uh, and Rowan uses the same spell Suzanne used. Uh, the witches join her. Um, Lasher arrives. Uh, he asks why Rowan would want to be rid of him. Um, Rowan says she wants to be herself without him. And he again warns her of the risk and she understands it. She starts choking and throw, she throws up the necklace. Uh, and then it's who wants to be a test. So yeah, Tessa puts on the necklace and accepts Slasher. Um, yeah. And he chooses her as well. Did yeah. you think for a minute there she was just going to puke Lasher up out on the floor, Grace, <laughs> yeah. or what? Yeah. I was like, oh, my yeah, God, what work? are we doing here? This is getting a little weird. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so Tessa binds herself to to Lasher. Uh, then she, she texts the morgue attendant online. They meet up. Um, Tessa meets in the wood, and she tries to put him in a trance, but it's a, sort of a setup. The rest of them show up, um, and she uses the necklace to try and summon Lasher, but... We don't see it. The episode ends with just her screaming. So, yeah. Um, Feels bad, man. Feels bad. Uh, Lasher, I think all those people are going to die. So I, that's yeah. kind of fine, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe. But also Lasher is like proven very willing to have hosts that he's not entirely satisfied with die. Right. Yes. Where he tried True. to have kind of uh, um, a, a couple of different things happen. I don't know. We'll see what happens again. Like for me, the whole like we're in this seance and I know Tess is doomed from the second we start because she's one of like the two recognizable people in this circle. You know, there's only like three characters 
characters in this circle of 15 people whose names I know. Uh -huh. And so one of them's in bad shape and it's pretty clear which one was telegraphed earlier on. Um, I thought it might be like, you know, the whole beat of like Rowan being like, no, Tessa, no, don't. Uh, like I, I thought it like could be interesting where we go out of this. And I like the idea that Tessa immediately upon getting the power is now going to go wield it. Right. Like of all the critiques that we're throwing around at this episode, I really do like this as a storytelling choice at the end that this woman who is like felt put on and felt less than now gets the strength to go and like act decisively about something that she feels like the rest of her family is not listening to her about her concern of this, this radicalized men's group, you know? So I dug that element of it, but the idea that he's just going to like leave her hanging and she will be strung out to dry only for Rowan to come like pick up the pieces, like feels pretty obvious. Right. So we'll see how it goes, but RIP Tess, I think. Right. Yes. Yes. I think RIP Tessa. Yeah. Um, and Cyprian stuck in the memory. So that's it. the other thing too. I think that the piece I'm like a little disappointed is like what I want. I do want more information about last year. And I feel like we're just like not getting it. No, like we get that he's bonded to he, this is how like he is connected to the Mayfairs, like to, through Suzanne, but also like he just shows up. I'm just like, tell me, yeah, what this, who me, is this dude? What is this dude? Where did he come from? Why is he like, what prophecy is he fulfilling? It's very, I'm very like hooked into this chicken or the egg idea, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is he coming to them because they have power? Do they have power because he has come to them? Was he there with Susanna before she was in the cage? Did he only like arrive after she gets in the cage when she calls to him? Right. Um, all of like the dynamics there. I don't know. I guess for me, like there, there's a couple like, interesting things going on here but it feels to me like a pretty foregone conclusion that like tess is dead rowan learns that with great power comes great responsibility uncle ben lesson from like tess's death she rejected the power like tess took it on tess now has suffered and cyprian is trapped and this as her new love interest apparently uh she now will have to like take on the agency and the motivation to like get the power to go get cyprian out of the memory that's the rest of the season uh we'll see you know we'll see how mm -hmm. it goes uh there i will we skip past it there was just one little beat where Cortland says to rowan and i love it grace i love these little like lines that you mm -hmm. find in tv shows sometimes that are even maybe not the best tv shows are like well it's clear to me you've got mud in your pump and I was oh like, yeah I, I just i love I, it i love oh, I it i love the mud i wanted to pump. introduce you as somebody who does not have mud in his pump yeah. i was very prepared to be introduced yeah, as right. like well i got the mud out of my pump you know <laughs> seems like you got some mud in your pump yeah yeah, he's, yeah that was great yeah, it was a good wonderful line. little turn of phrase uh yeah. there's some fun stuff about this show you know we're like throwing some darts as it were but i did like laugh you know i've like leaning into like the enjoying not in enjoying it so much mm -hmm. but i do wish that it were holding up i mean we had such a good time with the interview right we mm -hmm. talked about it a lot the way that these shows are connected mayfair uh thumbs up greenlit for season two which uh, i guess that's a thing so we'll be talking about it more but mm -hmm. i wish that it were holding up to that level of like how impressed we were with the interview and and how kind of innovative it felt in terms of retelling the story but there's some interesting stuff in here uh i just feel like they're not executing super well on it yeah i would agree i actually just one thing i'll put i don't know if there's like uh 
you know, interview. I don't know how many people were like fully watching interview as it was going along, but the, the ratings are higher for Mayfair Witches than they are for interview. I would just, wow. I would just say because through. I think that you have Alexandra Daddario, you have like a much more recognizable lead to pull people in, right? Like, no shade to, um, to anybody involved with interview is a great show, but I don't think that they had necessarily like that, that recognizable like star cachet, right? Not that, that she's like such a gigantic television star or movie star or anything like that but she's a, a, a more recognizable name than i think anybody that we get out of interview right mm -hmm. yeah all right well i think that's our recap of episode six transference two more uh left uh we'll be back next week with our episode seven recap in the meantime rich what else you got going on Oh, gosh, so much stuff, Grace. A new podcast series, PSRPGs. You mm -hmm. joined me along with Marissa Garza and Taylor Ball, and I ran a one-shot adventure of Dungeons & Dragons set in the world of Willow. Uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of adventures in the various worlds of the shows and the movies that we're covering over here on the network. I think we're looking at The Last of Us next, but that has been very fun. Chapter 2 of 3 is out now, postshowrecaps.com slash RPGs, if you want to go check that out. Of course, you and I and Ariel are recapping dark week to week. We're doing our dark rewatch podcast. It's a ton of fun. I'm digging mm -hmm. that. I got together with Brendan Fitzpatrick to talk about the first half of the Bad Batch, nice. uh, the animated series on Disney Plus, Star Wars, following the Clone Troopers. It's kind of a spiritual successor to the Clone Wars animated series. Um, we're getting ready to ramp up our Mando coverage. So all kinds of good stuff going on there. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at DM Philly and uh, go give me a follow at Twitch, twitch.tv slash DM Philly, where I play D&D mm -hmm. with you and a bunch of our friends. Yes. Uh, I'm also covering movies each week with Ariel. Uh, this week we should be covering uh, Magic Mike, The Last Dance. Uh, maybe the Titanic 25-year uh, uh, re-release of that. Ooh. Uh, uh, Poker Face, uh, Aaron and I are covering that. It's been very fun so far. I'm, of course, covering The Last of Us, uh, the recaps with Mike and Video Game Club with Taryn. And I have RJP Game Night uh, next week, uh, February 20th, Monday uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll be playing Sushi Go. So I'm very excited about that. I'm on Twitter at Hive from Grace. We'll be back next week with our episode 7 recap of Mayfair Witches. Until then, double, double, boil in trouble. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.